Welcome to Southern New Hampshire University's Social Sciences podcast, Agents of Change. Here we invite students and professionals to chat with us on topics of inclusion and diversity, student success, and their learning experiences. In this podcast, we will hear insights and personal accounts of people who have persisted against the odds and impacted positive social change. Join us as we learn how we can all be positive agents of change. Hello and welcome to another episode of Agents of Change, the SNHU Social Sciences Podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Dr. Hector Garcia, and we are very privileged and honored today to have three special guests with us. Here in the studio with us today, we have Dr. David Algies from Southern New Hampshire University, a clinical professor of mental health counseling, who is joining us for this special three-part series. We have with us all the way from Chitomer, Ukraine, two special guests, Irina Venglovska and Dr. Oleksandra Bashek, who are going to tell us all about their work at the Mission to Ukraine. So with that in mind, I'd like to send each of you a special welcome to the podcast. And thank you for being here. And of course, thank you in advance for sharing all of these special insights and stories with us. Thank you, Dr. Garcia. It's good to be here. Thank you. It's nice to meet you, and we are honored to be part of what you do. Thank you. Welcome. Well, just for the edification of our viewers, we'd like to let them know that the mission to Ukraine was founded in 1997, and its mission was to help special needs kids and women who were dealing with difficult pregnancies, and they helped them through practical and professional help. And so that is the focus of our podcast today, is that mission to Ukraine, and of course, during this very, very critical time in Ukraine and the rest of the world with the Russian invasion, we felt it was very important that Irina and Alexandra come and share their insights, as well as Dr. Olgis, who's been working with the group for several decades. So with that in mind, let us begin to get to know you a little bit so we have a good context of who you are and your background. So if you wouldn't mind, please tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, tell us about the organization. And please tell us about the mission and the vision of the mission to Ukraine. So let's start it off with um, our special guest, Irina. Tell us a little bit about the mission. Thank you for giving me the word. So I'm leading our team and I'm a director for Mission to Ukraine in Zhytomyr, Ukraine. Mission to Ukraine exists to serve pregnant women and children with special needs and their families while we influence society on their behalf. As a post-Soviet country, Ukraine does not have uh, a lot of services for the population we serve. Also, the general um, overarching goal for our organization is to uh, present the value of human life and help people not just see it, but actually be able to live it, to have the dignity, the level and quality of life that these people uh, have in, as we see developed in Western countries. 
So in our organization, we provide uh, medical um, and, therapy, and therapy help for children with special needs. So we have um, physicians working for Mission to Ukraine. We have therapists. We have special education. Uh, we provide a lot of humanitarian support for these families. We provide counseling for pregnant moms. We provide practical help, all to help these moms who ended up in a difficult situation, raise their children and get back on their feet and be part of society. That's beautiful mission. And uh, Dr. Bashek, please tell us about your role at the Institute um, so I am leading our uh, medical department and rehabilitation department for special needs children. These children are some of the neediest as far as med medical diagnoses and social uh, status. And so besides medical therapy help, we also provide a lot of practical help to actually, that allows these families to survive. Things like medicines, food, uh, diapers, the basic things that they're not able to afford. Very good. Thank you, doctor. And uh, Dr. Algies, what is your connection to the mission? Yeah. Um, so I am a professor uh, in the mental health counseling program at SNU, but I'm also I've uh, been privileged to be a part of Mission to Ukraine for some time now. Uh, my wife and I first went over back in 1999 as the outreach was getting started. And since then, I've been able to be a part of counselor training, um, offering counseling services, uh, speaking to different universities, and for a while even served as a board member. Uh, so. Uh, while that's my professional relationship to the organization, uh, we've known each other for over 20 years. So these are dear friends as well. Definitely part of our family. Well, a special warm welcome to each of you. And uh, we really thank you for coming and sharing these insights about the mission to Ukraine. So without further ado, let me ask the, uh, the question that I think is on everyone's mind is, how has this invasion of Ukraine, this war, caused um, any changes to the mission and the vision that you have at Mission Ukraine? Um, has the focus changed? What, what are the primary issues that you're facing right now? With full-scale invasion from Russia in February of uh, this year, of course, um, our country has been devastated. And in times like this, the people who are already some of the least of these, some of the poorest, the most marginalized, they do not have any resources and means to help themselves. So we consider it's very important that we stay true to the people we have been helping, pregnant moms or women who, who are in crisis pregnancy situations, as well as families who have children with special needs, who have no means to travel, who have no ability, physical ability, wheelchairs to get out of their houses or get down into bomb shelters. 
uh, who don't have mm. jobs to be able to provide food when inflation has gone up uh, in a very, very fast pace. So our mission remains true to the people we have been helping. However, the needs in our country has the humanitarian needs in our country have grown significantly. So we have expanded the people we are helping and we are now helping refugees. We're helping people who find themselves in desperate situations in need, and we consider it's important that we are there for them, right there in the Tomer area in Ukraine. Yes, I, I, I see that. So it's been magnified, and uh, those conditions definitely do not help. Uh, Dr. Bashek, if you could tell us, have you encountered any types of volume increases, any issues in the medical aspects as a result of this invasion in February. Dr. Bashek, расскажите, чи ви побачили більшу потребу в більшій кількості пацієнтів через війну і чи змінились, збільшилися якось потреби людей, яким ми служите? Кількість пацієнтів зараз не збільшилась, тому що багато наших клієнтів виїжджали за кордон. Але приїжджають до Житомира з других місць Юга і Востока. Тому ми вже будемо приймати і цих нових клієнтів. Особливо збільшилася потреба психологічної допомозі, яку, тому що кожна, кожна дитина, кожна мама травмована, особливо ті, хто пережили ці бомбардировки. Ті, хто знаходились місяцями в бомбоубіжищах, проживали, їм треба ця така дуже потрібна психологічна допомога. Um, we have been, again, a lot of the mission to Ukraine clients who need our services, um, we're still there for them. A lot of them have um, migrated and had to become part of the refugee groups in uh, Europe. However, a lot of them are still there needing our services. And we get a lot of new people coming from South and East who are in need of help. Um, the, the help we see that's growing drastically right now is psychological counseling help. People mm. come to places that have been bombed. People lost everything. Their houses are destroyed. Their lives are completely destroyed. And they come to us looking for psychological help and support as well as, as well as a safe place. Please continue. Але продовжуємо їх оказувати. Ми реабілітація наша перебралася в підвал, але ми дітям оказуємо всі види нашої нашої реабілітації. Ми спілкуємось з тими, кому важко в других місцях. Вони покинули свої домівки, переїхали в інші місця. Ми теж надаємо їм і психологічну, і професійну, і таку моральну підтримку. We consider it's very important for Mission to Ukraine to never stop helping. So we never closed our doors since the very beginning of full-scale invasion. And uh, now we cannot, our facility is not physically safe. So we found a safe facility in the basement and moved our therapy and medical help and continue seeing patients and helping them out in during these seven months. 
um, it's very important for the people we serve to know that we are there for them. And we continue ministering and we continue helping them online and offline. A lot of our clients are abroad, but still need our support. So we continue providing help through the phone, through Skype and Zoom meetings. Um, but we're there for them. You know, that, that, that's impressive. You're still able to to help them even in the face of this this crisis, which, according to Dr. Bashek, has magnified the need for these mental health and psychological services uh, due to the devastation and the heartbreak that's going on in this country. Добре, що ви продовжуєте їм допомагати, і я так я зрозумію, що збільшилася сутлива потреба психологічної допомоги через ці травми, через терміновання And so this segues right over to Dr. Olgis, who is our clinical professor of mental health counseling. What are your impressions of Dr. Bashek's uh, prognosis here of this mental health crisis that I, I believe she is discussing here? with us and in the way that they're approaching it. Sure. Um, well, Dr. Bashik, as always, is, is insightful and just absolutely right on in her diagnosis of what's happening in the country. One of the things that I've noticed, I traveled over to Poland and was able to actually interact with folks who were displaced by the war, who were living in Warsaw, Poland, um, and then also uh, meeting with Ukrainians who are still in the country via Zoom. One-on-one uh, -on -one meetings, and some of the patterns that we're seeing on mental health needs—it's not just anxiety, it's not just depression. But think of it this way: it's there's a trauma that's happened. So imagine if you you're out one evening downtown and you get mugged. Well, that trauma is traumatic. We have responses to that. There's a healing path for that. But that event is over, and it's in the past. By the time you're getting to get that healing, that's not the case with war. War is open-ended trauma every day. Even if nothing newsworthy happens, it's still a traumatic day. And so the question then becomes, how do we change the way we treat trauma so that we can treat open-ended trauma rather than individual occurrences of trauma? And that's a big shift. Also, um, the other one, the other piece that is clinically necessary is to address the skills of resiliency. What does it look like to have hope? What does hope look like in this situation? What is a reasonable hope? Because if we think of, uh, and not to get too academic, but if we think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where we have our most basic needs at the bottom, and then philosophical beliefs or religious ideals towards the top, if we don't meet those needs at the bottom, we usually don't address the needs at the top. War forces you from wherever you were down to the bottom. You know, it, it makes you question, can I keep myself safe? Can I keep my family safe? And the answer is no. You don't have a reasonable expectation that in 24 hours, everybody's going to be safe. How do you live with that type of trauma every day? And what are skills to build resiliency and hope? that are both realistic, but allow you to survive becomes the goal rather than survive. Because this isn't a situation that surviving is necessarily realistic. Right, exactly. So, you know, we're, we're pretty familiar with Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And uh, obviously, 
I would imagine that many of the people who are self-actualized up there at that high psychological needs levels and that they had all been met, but you're, you're correct in your prognosis that everyone's gone back down to those basic survivals needs, shelter, food, water. So that becomes your top priority. And so the challenge is with the open-ended trauma that you described versus the singular occurrence of trauma is how do we maintain the services that these folks are in need of? And so I've heard Dr. Bashek and Irina tell us about Zoom and Skype. And so that seems to be something that uh, is working. But am I correct in my assertions that that is working? Um, what are the feelings that you are getting, Irina and Dr. Bashek, from the folks that you are working with virtually? Is this endeavor producing fruit? Or do you feel that it's just a little cover-up and it's not really getting deep enough? Do you feel it's worthwhile? Um, the question is for both of you. The type of services we provide uh, in most cases requires one-on-one -on -one services. So a physical therapist can only do so, can only consult and advise so much on women. For a period of time, it works. He can train the mom and the mom can be there for the child. But I think for a short term, and we are hoping and considering this time as a short term, most difficult tragic situation that will improve and that will become better. So um, for now, I think uh, we have the ability to continue. However, as there is a threat of uh, Ukraine losing its critical infrastructure objects, losing electricity, losing ability to use any modern conveniences, even that may not become available as we don't have internet and electricity. So it's, it's a difficult question to answer right now. It's working. However, it's a wartime with a very aggressive enemy who is uh, targeting civilians. So we do not know what we will experience tomorrow. Actor, what? So far, it seems to be working, right? Mm -hmm. It is, yes. Okay. Right. Yes, good. Okay. Uh, David, go ahead. Yeah, Hector, I would just add to what Irina was saying is that um, not only is there a need of, con with, when a war continues and stretches out for longer periods of time, one of the things that we've seen with contributions, and this is what we've learned from the Red Cross and other philanthropic organizations, is 85 to 90% of your donations are going to come in in the first three to six months, and then it's going to drop off dramatically. So resources, voluntary resources, I'm not talking about like government resources from other governments, but the voluntary giving gives, uh, gives out dramatically at, at about six months. And um, and so then, how do you how do you try to do more with less resources for a longer period of time? And so there's a bit of a war of attrition that happens with resources. You can imagine some of the mental health issues, some of the physical responses when people are under great duress and uh, resources just to survive are disappearing. Um, and then what does that begin to look like? What does it mean to have a meaningful presence and influence in the country? Well, I, and I'm glad that you brought up resources because I, I want to explore some uh, some of the activities that 
Mission to Ukraine is doing. I was on their website, missiontoukraine.org, and uh, on the, I opened up the front page, and then I clicked the three little lines on the right, and I saw the area for uh, resources that were needed. And I saw some items on there that, that struck my fancy, as they say. I saw Snickers, and I saw sweetened condensed milk. And I immediately wondered, I, I thought I knew what it was for, but I said, well, let me ask the experts, the, the folks, Dr. Bashik and Idina, who are asking for these types of donations, what is the, the rationale behind it? What is the current situation with resources as far as, remember, we're dealing with Maslow's hierarchy. We're down at the bottom. So we're dealing with basic resources. What's the current situation with those types of resources? And what is the need for a call for these specific items? There's only four of them on there. Sleeping bags, your Snickers bars, your dried fruits, and your sweetened condensed milk. So I could see the sleeping bag and the dried fruits, but tell us the significance of the Snickers bars and the sweetened condensed milk. As we are preparing for potential threat of uh, losing access to food or water or electricity, mm. We're preparing a supply of uh, food for the families we serve and uh, a daily package or a monthly package of food uh, is going to contain certain necessities. Most of them we're still able to purchase in Ukraine. Your flowers, your cereals, your uh, veggies and that. And uh, we're asking for additional nutritional, highly nutritional products that will allow a family to either supplement or survive on that food. So dry fruit, sneaker bars, condensed milk we use a lot to um, cook with for our children, for our families. And so that's the reason for those items. Oh, very interesting. Now, let me ask Dr. Vashek uh, as to regarding these types of issues with with the food chain and and logistics and getting food um does she has she seen or does she anticipate any additional types of health issues to become more evident or more pronounced than they would on a normal basis і в зв'язку з цим питанням до вас якщо буде справді недостатньо продуктів харчування, якщо люди голодати, бо не доїдати, які можливі потенційні захворювання ви передбачаєте чи проблеми здоров'я в такій ситуації? Ми думаємо, що буде загострення в основному захворювань хронічних. Тому ми теж запаслись медикаментами для діток, які судорожними синдромами, діти, які на постійних якихось лікуваннях. Ці медикаменти ми запасли на трьохмісячний срок. Yes, uh, thank you for bringing it up. Actually, we do anticipate that if the quality of life uh, keeps going down, the stress level and the nutrition factor will kick in, most likely all of your chronic diseases will start coming out again. So Mission to Ukraine is, pre is preparing for that as well. And we're also buying a supply of medicines that will allow us to um, address that in case our uh, pharmaceutical 
our pharmacies, our storages there for our patients. So we have been also um, especially with the children who need daily treatment, like seizure So looking at that possible uh, lack of supply of medicines, is there any alternative to get these needed medicines? Uh, I know some of these children have severe health issues. And of course, uh, something as simple as a vitamin, for example, or vitamins that normally we take for granted are very important for uh, pregnant women and children, disabled children. does she believe that that lack of uh, access will become a reality? And if so, will it increase the type of assistance that you will need to give to your clients? Ну, якщо справді буде така загроза і дійсно буде перебори з постачанням медикаментів або недостаток звичайних речей, як витаміни для вихідних жінок провокує це дійсно збільшення здоров'я і чи провокує це потребу в наших послугах ще більше? Ну, ясно, що це спровокує, тому що дітям потрібно особливе харчування, а якщо воно порушується, то порушується функціонування всього організму. Uh, obviously, if uh, the children who need special diets or special ongoing treatment are not getting it, uh, their whole, not just metabolism, but their health condition is going to start worsening and they will start uh, getting uh, all kinds of additional uh, health issues. Тому мої запаси, щоб хоч якось протриматись, ну і... So uh, we, that's why we are addressing it through creating supplies, at least a short three-month supply of the most necessary items, uh, hoping that in three months we'll be able to figure out logistics of bringing these items into the country. And of course, our biggest hope is that we won't need to do it. Sure. But looking to, to the future, um, with the uh, conclusion of this uh, invasion and Ukraine returning back to its rightful democratic ways, um, what are you forecasting are going to be not only the country, but your organization's biggest challenges from your perspective and, of course, from Dr. Bashek's perspective? Once... We have our victory. We, we, we will see the shocking state of the country uh, that Ukraine will become. I don't know how much you see on your TV, but massive amounts of our land are being torn apart, destroyed, millions of homes, objects of an infrastructure, schools, hospitals, power stations, there is going to be a huge need for rebuild for the country. And we're anticipating this will be a huge effort for our country to rebuild everything that was ruined. Also, immediately after the war is over, and even now it has started already, there is a huge humanitarian crisis. 
there are millions of people who are being displaced both internally in the country and outside of the country and these people need to be fed closed as winter is coming and ukraine has very severe winters they need a warm place to live we do not have those places and this is our huge uh, immediate need for the country to figure figure that out so mission to ukraine will be trying and help our community in those efforts but for their further future our dream is for children who have special needs for moms who are in difficult situations because of crisis pregnancy we are dreaming for these and mostly usually these are the poorest people who cannot help themselves and our dream is for these people to be able to have not just their needs met but to have the level of dignity and the quality of life that they can have and should have as human beings in our society. So we dream for these children to be as equal and happy in their homes in, um, in after, after we win as they can be. That's our dream and that's what we will be working for. Ми завжди мріяли про те, щоб оказувати допомогу як найбільш найбільшим кількості дітей. Тому що ми зараз не можемо оказати допомогу всім бажаючим з Житомира та нашої Житомирської області. Mission to Ukraine has been growing throughout the last 25 years. And even now, we do not have ability to provide all necessary services to children with disabilities, even just in our region. The, the amount of children is much bigger than we are able to help currently. And we started building a new rep center, і надіємось, ми не дивлячись ні на що, ми його продовжуємо будувати і зараз. І надіємося, що закінчиться війна, закінчиться наше строительство нашого репцентра, і ми прийдемо і будемо оказувати допомогу всім бажаючим. And uh, because of that, the way we are addressing it is we started building a new facility where a bigger quantity of clients can be served and where we can grow the services. And in spite of the war, we have been making a small progress still, even in these last seven months. So we are dreaming to be able to finish our facility and open its doors to the children and all the children that have necessity, not just the limited amount we are helping right now. Well, that, that's great news for the future. And uh, with that, let me hear from Dr. Olgis as to how we can... Uh, here in the United States, support Ukraine, uh, especially some from our students who are in the mental health and the, the counseling fields, how can they start preparing or think about a future in, in these types of situations? What, what can they do? Sure. Well, it's a wonderful idea to want to help, and we certainly want to respond to that with open arms. Uh, the Immediately... Um, even I'm not going over into Ukraine, so we wouldn't have those opportunities for students right away. Um, but once the war is over, there's going to be a lot of need. And so some needs that are going to be common is how do you help with trauma? How do you help with uh, family counseling? How do you help with grief, with loss? Um, how do you begin to hope again? How do you begin to develop a plan for your future 
that seems meaningful when much of the country has been destroyed. So where do you find purpose and how do you build purpose? How do you build community? How do you build trust in a community? These are all things that our counseling students can work on and learning about and finding out the theories and the interventions that work well to help support people uh, who are coming out of a traumatic, an ongoing traumatic situation like war. Also, also working with children. And that's a, that's a whole different specialty area when it comes to mental health. What does child counseling look like? What does play therapy look like? Um, how do we help kids to express themselves through art therapy? Um, all of those things are going to be coming up. And how do you help children who have uh, disabilities where they may not be able to communicate in, in, in ways that are expected? Maybe they're atypical ways of communication. Maybe they can't verbalize or maybe they can't make their hands work to draw a picture. So what does it look like to work with children who have special needs who have been through traumatic situations? And what does better look like? In some cases, we may need to create that answer. And I think we can do that at SNU. Well, that certainly is a very wonderful opportunity for uh, current students and recent graduates to make a real difference in the world uh, especially in areas where people need it. Now, in the beginning, when I gave the introduction of the mission to Ukraine, I did say it started in 1997. And if my math serves me correct, uh, 2022 minus 1997 is something special. Uh, Idina, can you tell us about this, these dates that I mentioned? Yay. So this year, mission to Ukraine is... Um celebrating 25 years of our work. And the word celebrating really doesn't fit the way we feel about it. We're in the middle of war. Our country is being torn apart and we don't feel like we can celebrate. However, we can stand and look back at how much work has been done at the thousands of people that were helped. And each life is a whole universe. It's a story of redemption for every single child who used to be sitting home or laying in, in his bed, no therapy, no ability to walk, to talk. And after mission to Ukraine has come in place and we have worked with this child for years and trained him to communicate through alternative ways, to move, to walk, to sit, to find friends, to become part of society, to start learning. There are thousands of lives changed throughout these 25 years like this. So, yes, we are going to stop and look back and dream about the future, hoping and knowing that Ukraine will, will win and we will come back. We will come around much stronger as a nation and as people. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for joining us today, uh, Dr. Bashek, Irina, and David. We really have learned a lot. Uh, we're going to be visiting your website, missiontoukraine.org, for any updates and ways that we can help, even uh, if it's uh, with words of encouragement, words of hope. It's always good to hear uh, at least positive stories coming out. We reflected on the 25 years of helping thousands and thousands of, of people uh, gain some type of freedom from their handicaps and become productive members of society. So we salute you for that. And at this point, I'm going to turn it over to you to see if you have any closing thoughts as we close out 
the podcast. So I'll go ahead and start with David. Any closing thoughts on mission to Ukraine in this very special podcast? Yeah, if, if I could say, uh, gosh, a couple of things that come to mind um, with Mission to Ukraine. Uh, both Dr. Bashik and Ira have been the heartbeat of this organization for 25 years. I mean, it, it simply wouldn't be what it is without them. Um, what they would never say about themselves, but I'm happy to say about them, is they have committed their lives to helping these children uh, and their families. They have committed their lives in many ways. Um, they have had the opportunity to leave their country and to find safety. And they have said, no, they have gone back in. They said, our role is to serve this people group, no matter what happens. Uh, they have led um, an organization of people, it, not only in their personal issues and personal needs during that time, during a time of war and finding resources for the staff, but they have also repurposed this organization so that it can be better positioned to respond to the emerging needs based on a war. So if I could just elevate for a moment, these are two remarkable women who are absolutely defining the heart of what it means to love well in their country of Ukraine. Um, I couldn't be prouder to be sitting here with them. Um, I'm gonna get choked up. Um, Hector, you asked difficult questions. Um, but I would also say, I, I would also say, I believe Mission Ukraine is going to be ready for when we win this war to begin serving in yet another way, because I know the hearts and the commitments of the people who are Mission to Ukraine. And you've got two of their very important leaders here right now. Thank you, David. <laughs> While Dr. Bashek is preparing, I think this is a great opportunity for us to thank um, the people of the United States for the support that we are receiving. Ukraine would have no chance to survive if uh, your people and your government were not helping us. And it's people like us, there are 40 million of us whose lives are being destroyed for no reason but just the fact that we are Ukrainian. So thank you, and we want to ask you to continue the support. We believe in our victory will be there, but we still have a long way ahead, and there is still a lot of a lot needed for that. Mm -hmm. And we will do yes. our nation will do our part, but we need the world to come around Ukraine. Я дуже вдячна, що нас запросили. Дійсно, зараз нашому народу, нашій державі дуже важко. Thank you, Hector, for inviting us. Uh, it is true that our nation and our country is going through the most difficult time right now. Ми маленька самостійна держава, стримуємо дуже великого монстра. We're just a small independent country that is saying no and putting a stop to a huge monster. Тому що якщо він захватить Україну, він піде далі. And if we don't stop Russia in Ukraine, Russia will go further to Europe and further on, as far as it can go. But we have hope and we believe that the victory will be ours. To the point that we are inviting you to come to Zhukomer, Ukraine and celebrate our victory with us. <laughs> I accept. 
I will see you there very, very soon. Very good. So thank you very much for joining us today, all three of you. This has been wonderful. We've gotten so many insights. We have new friends here, and you can count on us to support you. So as we sign off today, again, special thanks to our guest, Dr. David Algies, from our very own uh, clinical professor of mental health counseling, uh, Irina Vengloska from Chetomar, Ukraine, and Dr. Oleksandra Bashek, our medical director, on this special episode of Mission to Ukraine. Thank you for tuning in. This is Dr. Hector Garcia, and I have been your host for this most wonderful episode. Godspeed to you in Ukraine, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Southern New Hampshire University's Agents of Change, a social sciences podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review us, and be on the lookout for more exciting episodes. Goodbye for now.